gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. back to another edition of my two cents podcast episode 56 which is entitled hate i am your host g2 and before i get into the topics of today i want to read you off the national food days of the week today january the 9th it is Cassolette day which is basically another form of casserole and also apricot day monday would be bittersweet chocolate day tuesday january the 11th is hot toddy day and also milk day Wednesday, January the 12th, will be Glazed Donut Day, Curried Chicken Day, and Marzipan Day. Thursday, January the 13th, is Peach Melba Day, which I have no idea what that is, uh, Gluten-Free Day as well. Friday, Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day, and then Saturday is Strawberry Ice Cream Day. And also, Fresh Squeeze Juice Day. Um, before I get into the topics, I want to pay tribute to a man by the name of Sidney Portier, and he was an Oscar-winning actor, and he was actually Hollywood's first uh, black movie star as he died at the age of 94, and that's coming from the press secretary for the Prime Minister of the Bahamas, because they confirmed that on CNN that Portier died Thursday evening. He was 94 years old. He was the first black man to win an to win the Best Actor Oscar. Um, I didn't know much about Sidney Poitier. I always knew of Sidney Poitier off of the movie of Guess Who's Coming Home, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, because I believe that was like the first movie like to really showcase like interracial marriage where a white uh, daughter will bring home her black fiancé, I believe, to her parents. I'm not sure if they were fiancé or they were dating or not, but either who. That was the first movie that really, like, showed off the abilities of an interracial couple right there and showing how awkward it kind of was to see somebody from another race dating somebody else, but also showing the love that somebody had for somebody as well when they were able to showcase that on the Hollywood screen. That's the only thing I knew Sidney Poitier for. And as I was doing some research on him, I found out that he didn't know technically how to um, read a script. He had trouble reading the script with basically with the limited schooling that he did have because um, he was a black man in the early 1900s. So about 19, what, I'll base it around 1940s, 1950s, if anything. Uh, black people still weren't that articulate as we are now. And he had to learn how to read and basically how to um, learn grammar and comprehension and punctuation. He even talks about it. He talked about how he got a job as a dishwasher in a restaurant. And whenever it would close, an elderly worker would help him learn how to read by reading a newspaper. And that reading a newspaper would help him improve on his comprehension, his grammar and punctuation. He said to CBS News that at that man, every night, the place is closed. Everyone's gone. And he sat there with me week after week after week. And he told me about punctuation. He told me 
where dots were and what the dots mean here between these two words, all of that stuff. Soon after, Portier landed work with the American Negro Theater where he took acting lessons. And during that, they were able to soften up his um, accent that he had. And he was able to actually start landing roles. And his first like role that he technically did land was being an understudy to Harry Belafonte. And that was basically on Broadway. And with that, he started doing Broadway. And then that started catching the eye of people. And then he basically went off to Hollywood. And he started going and doing Hollywood films and everything else. I don't know how I would... I don't know how I would work in that time frame, to be honest with you. If if I was sitting back in that time, as we have seen so many black historical figures overcome not knowing how to read, not knowing how to write, not knowing basic motor skills that a lot of individuals are learning at a real like basic age, like at the age of four or five and start learning how to read simple books. I wouldn't know if you transported me now at the age of what I'm 25 right now and I would go back into 1940s and give me the tools that they had to work with and I didn't know how to read or write. I wouldn't know how I would survive back in that time. But black people were able to make it work. People of color were able to make it work back then. So me being the way I am now, me being who I am, me looking back at my ancestors' past, me looking back at historical figures' past to see the type of hardship that they had to overcome to just get to the point where they were at, it's really, really um, inspirational. It makes you don't want to take things for granted. It makes you want to constantly want to learn something. I Matter of fact, I think I just said this to my people a couple of days ago that I'm a jack of all trades. Technically, I'm a jack of all trades, meaning that I'm able to pick up on certain things. I might not know a lot about this thing. I might not be a master at this, but I'm able to know a little bit about this, a little bit about that, a little bit about that. And I'm able to formulate my own ideas and opinion on a certain thing about what I do know. It doesn't mean I have to be a master because literally nobody's ever a master at a lot of things. You might be a master at literally one specific thing and fail at everything else. That's what you need to follow through. But me, I'm a jack of literally all trades. I can go here, 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 wherever I need to go. Just give me that little bit of piece of information. Give me some details about it and let me start doing what I need to do and I can do what I have to do. Sidney Portier and all the historical black figures that came after him, they are people that black individuals expire, inspire to look up to. Sidney Portier helped. If it wasn't for Sidney Portier, if we're going to be honest, I don't think we would get a Denzel Washington. I don't think we would get um, a whole lot of black figures that we do have now in Hollywood basically trying to run the show now. I don't think we would get somebody like an Issa Rae. I don't think we would get somebody like a Taraji P. I don't think that we would get a Michael B. Jordan in there. I don't think we get a Will Smith without a Sidney Portier. I don't think we get any of our high black like celebrities in there without Sidney Portier, if I'm really going to be honest with you. So Sidney Portier really opened up the door so he can let other black children and black people come into Hollywood and see, hey, I did this with this much 
skill, you guys can take my baton and basically go and further along the pathway and you guys can build that bridge for other black individuals and other people of color as well to enter into Hollywood and do and succeed in this business. Again, I don't know much, but I do know this. Without certain individuals, I don't think that we would be me. We as black people, we as people of color, technically, would be able to do what we do. And I want to say thank you to Sydney Portier for opening up that door for people in Hollywood, people that are black, people that are people of color. I want to thank you for that. You had a long life, 94. You were able to see it, able to achieve a lot of things that a lot of people are not going to be ever able to do. Shoot, you were the first black man <laughs> to win best actor in an Oscar. You're the first. Nobody can ever take that away from Sidney Portier's lineage, his dynasty, his legacy. He's the first. So again, he's able to he was able to live through he was able to live and see certain things that I'm never ever gonna be able to see. He was able to witness a lot of things. He was able to witness Martin Luther King. He was able to witness Malcolm X. I have footage on YouTube and everything else, but he was actually able to see it with his own eyes and witness these two great men. He saw Rosa Parks. He saw all these amazing black feats being accomplished that I personally will never, ever get to see. He even was able to see Barack Obama. Imagine that. You ever see Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Barack Obama. Those four alone are on the black Mount Rushmore. Off top. He was able to see all of that. So again, I just want to wish uh, the Portier family some light and some love at this important time. And again, rest in peace to Sidney Portier. Now, with all that being said, let me get off with the first topic of today. And the first topic I want to talk about is basically Galeen Maxwell. I talked about it last week, how Galeen Maxwell got found guilty of five out of her six uh, charges of sex trafficking. Well, I did not mention this. And it didn't hit me until literally that Sunday morning after the podcast was already published. So why not mention it today? Um, It was reported that Galeen Maxwell's husband had a phone conversation with Galeen Maxwell like before her um, trial started. And he told her point blank that he's moved on with another woman. It was found out that uh, Galeen was married to a Silicon Valley entrepreneur, Scott Borgerson, and that marriage basically came to the light in 2020 when Maxwell was uh, basically accused of helping helping Jeffrey Epstein whenever he was uh, doing his dirt out here. Um, a friend of Galeen Maxwell's told the Daily Mail that a phone call between Maxwell and her then husband had that she had in the jail, became confrontational. Uh, Borgeson told her that he had moved on and was seeing someone else. That person told the Daily Mail, adding that the marriage was over before the trial even started. Another person told the Daily Mail that Borgeson didn't attend Maxwell's trial. See, I don't know how anybody will feel about that. See, I want everybody to take this into consideration here. You're married to somebody for, what, four years before it comes out in the limelight that hey, the person that you're married to was or had done some really, really horrible, heinous acts back in the day. How would you feel about that? I wouldn't know how to feel about it. My heart would be 
torn, to be honest with you. Um, my heart would look at it as how, how am I married to this person? How am I married to this person that I love? And now that I know that this person did these heinous acts, how am I, how are you able to cope with that? I don't know how people were able to cope with it. Now, with that being said, you did take a marriage vow of love and to honor to death do you part, and people take those type of uh, vows real seriously, so I'm not sure how this marriage even stood, to be honest with you, because when you take a marriage, you're supposed to be with that person until, until death do you part, but there are some exceptions. This will happen to be one exception. If this person that you have loved did certain heinous things back in the past, and they were covering up for a complete monster, then I can see how you would give up on that situation and say, yo, I can't deal with it. It's all about your tolerance, if we're going to be honest. Can you tolerate knowing what that person has done? Can you, as a person, tolerate, yo, my person was a accomplice to a monster back in the day? Can you deal with it? Me, no. Maybe. Matter of fact, that's a complicated thing, because you know what? You might say, you know what, that person, my person isn't that anymore. That was her past, or that was his past. I can get over that. It's all about how you would, how you were able to handle it. I just know, and I see in this report that Galen Maxwell's husband wasn't able to handle it. Borgeson straight up said, nah, I'm out of here. I moved on with somebody else. And that's crazy, too. When you think about it, just how quickly he was able to move on from that. Like, you were with this person for four years. You got married, and you were with them for four years. I'm not sure how long they were before that marriage, but from 2016 to 2020... They were married. That's four years, ladies and gentlemen. So just take that into consideration. You are starting to already see yourself with this person. You already started to be around this person long enough. And then, whoop, the rug got sweeped from underneath you. So with all that being said, though, I it goes back to what I've said before. I think that people that are now getting married now, I think marriage is no longer the case anymore. I think you just need to be with somebody. I think marriage is no is null and void now. We're really going to be truly honest. I think that whenever you think about getting married to somebody, I think you are talking about a long-term like relationship. Almost turned into a common law of marriage, if you will. I don't see people staying in relationships like that longer. Like, as your grandma and your grandpa, or even in certain people's cases, their parents that are around or been around each other for like 20 some odd years, or even 30 some odd years, if we're honest with each other. Certain people's parents can't stand one another, but somehow they're able to make it work because you wonder why they actually have love and they actually fight it out and stick it through. But it's also about what I said before, it's all about what you can tolerate. And for this one, I don't think that Galen Maxwell's husband was able to tolerate this situation he had to call it quits and i just wish him the best in this situation because i'm not sure what galeen's able to truly ask for in a divorce of this magnitude if we're honest with you i'm not sure but again i wish uh galeen's maxwell husband for well, former husband now all the best in his future and galeen maxwell well i don't know what to wish for you man because you 
helped an accomplished monster out. I'm not sure what to uh, basically say for you, but I'm pretty sure she has some hatred towards her ex-husband now. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that she thought he was going to be a ride or die for, but that just wasn't the case and that wasn't in the cards. So, I mean, what more can you say for that? Anyway, on to the next topic. I want to read you something from the Associated Press as it reads from their title. Man freed after 37 years due to sex for lies, false witness. A Philadelphia man was freed from prison Tuesday after 37 years in a case marred by detectives who allegedly offered a witness sex and drugs at police headquarters in 1983 in exchange for false testimony. The trial witness was charged with perjury just days after Willie Stokes was convicted of murder in 1984 but Stokes didn't learn about the perjury plead until 2015, decades into a life sentence. Stokes, who's 61, walked out of a state prison near Philadelphia, eager to get a hug from his mother and a corned beef hoagie. His mother was too nervous to come after several earlier disappointments, so he was greeted by other family members instead. Today is a tremendous day. We're all very thankful, said his lawyer. However, it's also a sad day because it reminds us of how lawless, unfair, and unjust Philadelphia law enforcement was for so long. Both detectives who allegedly offered witness Franklin Lee a sex for lies deal to help him help them close a 1980 murder case are now deceased. Lee was in custody on unrelated rape and murder charges at the time and said he was also promised a light sentence. I fell weak and went along with the offer Lee told a federal judge in November, recalling his testimony at a May 1984 preliminary hearing when he claimed Stokes, a neighborhood friend, had confessed to well, killing a man during a dice game named Leslie Campbell. Lee recanted the story at Stokes' murder trial in August 1984, but Stokes was nonetheless convicted and sent to prison for life. Days later, Philadelphia prosecutors charged Lee with perjury, not over his trial testimony, but over the intentional testimony he had given at the preliminary hearing. Lee pleaded guilty, admitting he made up the confession and was sentenced to a maximum seven years term, seven year prison term. The homicide prosecutors that used Franklin Lee's testimony to convict Willie Stokes then persecuted Franklin Lee for lying on Willie Stokes, and they never told Willie Stokes. Diamond Stein, his lawyer, argued at a November federal, well, at a November hearing in federal court. Stokes' mother, now elderly, has been planning for his homecoming as his appeals gained traction only to face repeat setbacks, she told the Philadelphia Inquirer, which she first reported on the case. But Lee's mother also played a role early on in federal court testimony. Last November, Lee said his girlfriend, whose detectives summoned to have sex with him at police headquarters back in 1983 and who was allowed to bring marijuana and a few dozen opioid pills told his mother about the deal he struck. His mother told the woman not to go down to the station again. Instead, police secured him a sex worker the next time, Lee said. Once I talked to my mother, she told me I didn't raise you like that to lie on a man because you got yourself in a jam. Lee testified according to a transcript. She said, I couldn't care if they give you 1,000 years. Go in there and tell the truth, and that's what I did. One surviving prosecutor now in private practice did not immediately return messages seeking comment Tuesday. 
However, he has given a statement saying he didn't remember either case according to court files. Wow, of course you don't remember that. Philadelphia police offered no immediate comment on the case. Who would have thought that one, huh? Who would have thought that? Here's my deal with this, all right? We know the legal system has been playing dirty, 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 dirty for so, so many years now. It doesn't even shock me anymore to even read something like this. And I can see how somebody would get so hateful of the justice system. I really do. I see exactly how somebody can hate the justice system so bad and say, you know what, the justice system is nothing but garbage, which a lot of black individuals do. And this was a black case again. This was a black person again being in jail for 37 years, a false man being in jail for 37 years. He's 61 now. Do the math. That is about 24. 24 was how old technically he was whenever he got nabbed up for this false crime. And again, we know the law to be shysty. We know detectives, the cops, we know they're to be shysty than anything. But a story like this doesn't shock me. It really doesn't. We've seen it before. It's going to happen multitudes of times. There's plenty of men still in jail to this day that are probably in jail because of the legal system of how cops played dirty or how cops got people to say what they wanted to them to say. There's been movies about this. There's been movies about how cops make people say what, um, uh, they say what they've said out of fear. And again, it's always been about us as the black people, as a black community, we've been afraid of officers. And officers now have been trying to say, oh, we're not the enemy. We're trying to help you guys. We're trying to be a protector for you all. Listen here and listen to me again. Anybody that's a protector, anybody that wants to be a protector of the black community and you're an officer. Let me explain this and let me break this down to you, ABC. You need to stop every other one of your comrades for doing messed up things to the black community. There were videos, and they will continue to be videos. There's been videos in the past of which we see officers pull over black individuals for nothing. There's been videos of officers beating up on black people for nothing. There's been videos of officers beating up on black individuals who are in handcuffs and they can't do nothing and they know they can't do nothing and they start beating them up, spraying them with like pepper mist, pepper spray, whatever the case is. There's been videos of this. If you are one of those officers that happen to see this in real life, you need to either A, write that person. I'm not going to say write them up because that's not going to do nothing. I mean like turn them in. Because write them up ain't going to do nothing to me. Turn them in. Turn them in. Record them with that freaking video that you have on your chest. Turn that footage over to the news with the person's badge number and the name. Or turn it over to your um, captain that you know is going to do something. Or something, bro. Because again, this is the only way we can stomp out bad cops from doing this. And it doesn't shock me that in the 1980s that cops were doing this. There's been plenty of people in jail cells right now that are probably not guilty of anything that are in there because of what the officers did. There used to be a time, and there probably still is a time now, where officers used to plant drugs in people's cars. And people would say, that's not mine, and the officer will pull 
the drug out and say, well, this is yours. It was in your vehicle. How did it get there? And then obviously we would say you planted it there. And there was at times there was nobody there to be a witness to say that, yo, they saw this officer plant this. Now we've seen uh, people talk about officers planting things in their cars. I just want this to be a lesson here. Stop being dickheads. I want people to look into your police officers, look into their background, look where they raised up, look at their what they've been charged with. And what I mean by that, what have they been suspended by? What did somebody write them up for? You can look into that history if you can. And if you can't, people that are inside the force, look into your fellow uh Cops, look into your fellow co-workers, look into what they are, look into who they are, look into their mannerisms. Do they like to harass a certain demographic? Do they like to harass a certain gender? Just look into that and just watch all of that because that will tell you exactly who they are, whether they're a good person or a bad person. This is unacceptable at the most. It's completely unacceptable. We don't need to be waiting another 37 years for somebody to be coming out of jail that shouldn't have been there even in the first place. This whole thing is nothing but shady, shady, shady garbage by detectives that just wanted to get a case closed and they didn't care about whose lives they ruined. And they ruined this man's life. He's 61 now. And you missed some prime time real estate of your life, ladies and gentlemen. You're 61. Think about it. 61. If you have a kid now, let's think about it. He ends up knocking up a woman now, what, the kid will turn 10? He'll be, what, 71, 72? You can't run around with your kid at that age. You can't do not all the stuff that you could do if you were at least 30 or even in your early 40s. If that, running around with your kid, you can't do none of that. He can't do nothing. The only thing he can do now is just basically find a female companion and work like a little petty daddy job to just try to get some upkeep. And I hope they pay this man because obviously he was in there for false... Uh, testimony. He was in there for somebody doing something that wasn't true. So hopefully he gets paid. In the statement, I didn't see nothing about them paying him back, but I'm hoping he's going to get paid. I really do. But again, you can see why the black community hates police officers and they hate the law enforcement. And I'm telling you right now, this next topic is going to tell you exactly why uh, a whole lot of politicians hate law enforcement as well, because law enforcement could easily be swayed by one side or the other. And this is talking about Andrew Cuomo because Andrew Cuomo went into court Friday because he had to get his uh, groping case dismissed against him. Albany Court, no, Albany County District Attorney David Soares announced earlier this week that he would not be pursuing criminal charges against Cuomo in the case despite credible evidence that supported the allegations against him. My office has determined that although the allegations and witnesses were credible in the conduct concerning we cannot pursue criminal charges due to statutory requirements of the criminal laws of New York, Soros said. On Thursday, Judge Holly Trex informed the prosecution and defense that they, as well as Cuomo, will be required to appear in court virtually this week, the, assist, the Associated Press reported. A motion to dismiss the case from Cuomo's attorney was also entered on Thursday, the Associated Press noted. Given the district attorney's declination, which basically means decline to persecute this matter, the court should dismiss the case to avoid 
intruding upon the role of the prosecution, Galvin wrote. Last year, Brittany Comesso, a former executive assistant for Cuomo, came forward with allegations of sexual harassment against the then governor. Remember the thing that I talked about last year and I played you like uh, clips on CBS because they did the interview with Brittany Comezzo talking about him groping her up in the governor's mansion. Um, This is that case. They are throwing that out, even though they got credible, and I put that in quotes here, air quotes, credible evidence against him. They're not going to pursue criminal charges against Cuomo because of statutory requirements of the criminal laws of New York. So basically, you guys were playing the game of chicken with Cuomo, and Cuomo just happened to be the guy to fold up first, and you guys said, well, looks like we got what we wanted, and we're not going to uh, basically continue on with getting you, Cuomo. We're not going to continue on with trying to get justice for Brittany Comezzo. But the brighter note is that Brittany Comezzo can sue Cuomo in civil court, which basically means Brittany Comezzo can try to basically get money from Andrew Cuomo. Okay, here's my thing. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like how the court can basically just decide, you know what? We don't. We're not going to go with this case. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit because before Cuomo even decided to step down, you had prosecution and you have police officers both working in cohorts together to try to get Cuomo basically out of here. And you guys have them. You guys have them hook, line, and sinker, quote, unquote. But somehow when you guys are about to reel them in, you guys decide to cut the fishing line off and just let the Cuomo fish just continue to swim in the ocean, right? That's what you guys decided to do. You guys decided instead of grabbing them, hooking them, and putting them in, well, I don't know if he would get some type of jail time, which obviously he wouldn't since he's a Cuomo. You guys could have made an example out of him, which you guys did because you guys made him step down. So was that what you guys wanted in the end, to be honest? You guys wanted just Cuomo to step down? Somebody let me know something. It just doesn't make sense to me. Cuomo has power to still ruin your life. The only thing that the only thing this thing did was basically expose Brittany Comezzo to the whole entire world and it let Andrew Cuomo know that, okay, Brittany Comezzo tried to mess with me, so now I have to mess with her back. You basically just left Brittany Comezzo as a sitting duck, if we're going to be honest with you, for Andrew Cuomo or whoever his other constituents basically to get at this chick, to get at this woman for saying that she got groped up by Cuomo. She could have buried that deep down inside, but no, she decided to urge up the courage to say that her, tell her story, if you will. I had problems with that story last year, but I'll put that off to the side. The governor, well, the government decided to leave her just basically as a sitting duck out here, and now, where does this technically leave her? To be honest with you, I don't know where this leaves her. I just know that she needs to have a head on a swivel, to be honest with you, because, again, Cuomo's family was in politics. Cuomo comes from a politic family. He has people in, I believe, in his back pocket that could get to Brittany Comenzo if he wanted to. Shoot, if we really were to think about it, he could have got this whole thing basically dismissed, even though they say they got credible evidence. Cuomo could have gotten somebody to say, hey, I'll dismiss this cases against me, and I'll deal with Brittany Comezzo myself, or I'll have somebody deal with Brittany herself. I'm not saying that he did. 
I'm just using as a hypothetical here because, again, let's not try to act and kid ourselves that Cuomo doesn't have power still. Even though he's not in office, he doesn't have power. Anybody that thinks that is a fool themselves. So, again, please put your prayers out there for Brittany Camazzo and her people. Please put your prayers out there for anybody that did say anything to or about Cuomo because, again, I don't know what type of stuff happens. Remember, you're dealing with the upper crust of people, especially when you're talking about politicians. They got some other type of people that can do their bidding, if you will. And if you think I'm joking, trust me, I'm not. I'm being dead serious. So please, please watch out for Brittany Camezzo. Please watch out for her and watch out for everything else. And also, yeah, that's about it. Also, watch out for Brittany. That's the only thing I can say for that one. On to the next topic. This comes from USA Today. And it talks about an Olympic gold medalist, Sun Lee. She says that she has received much hate for her interracial relationship. I'm just basically going to talk to you about this. Uh, she put out uh, two photos of her with her black boyfriend, a football player at Southern uh, California, at the University of Southern California. And she disabled the comments. She did that on December the 26th. And people from her con community, the Hmong community, H-M-O-N-G, I don't mean to disrespect you, uh, community out there, she says she was receiving so much hate from that community because of her relationship with a black man, her interracial relationship, um, I don't know how it is to be in the Asian community, well, technically, if I'm really gonna be honest, it's the Thailand, well, China, Thailand community there, um, I just know this, Black people, we always get looked down upon, is always going to come to us, and if you are dating us, you're going to get some of the hate yourself. We're just going to be blown with you. I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat it with you. If you are dating somebody that is black, you're going to get looked down upon by your own community. For what reason? I don't know. I would think they would want to big you up personally, because black people, we make everything cooler. We make everything better. You think I'm lying. Ralph Lauren. Black people made those things look better and cooler. Gucci and Louis Vuitton, we make everything better. Look at the hip-hop artists. Everything that we touch, we make better. Look at the entertainers. Look at the sports. We make everything better once we are put in it. That's just a fact. I'm not trying to lie about it. I'm not trying to be a colorist. I'm not trying to even be like a person. I'm just telling you the blunt, honest facts. Once a black person or black individuals are putting ourselves into that sport, we just happen to make it way better. Whether it be the flashiness, the arrogance, the show-offiness, whatever it may be, we just happen to make it better. Think I'm lying? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was able to put golf more on mainstream than just it being looked at as a rich person profession. More black people wanted to play golf than ever when we saw Tiger Woods. And Tiger was being the man. That's a fact. We got people out here wanting to be tennis stars because we see Venus and Serena out here. You that's that's not a that's not me just telling you like garbage. That's me telling you the facts. Once black people are put into a situation, we make things way better than what it was without us. And for anybody to try to downplay black people. Or downplay this girl because she is dating a black man. You are out your mind. And vice versa. If you happen to date somebody outside of the black community. And you're a black person. And 
we as our community look down upon you. We are nuts. We need to quit that. Everybody needs to understand that love is love. You love who you love. I understand certain people might have a problem with it. Hey, that's that's on you, bro. That's on you to figure out why you have a problem with somebody dating somebody out of our race, out of our community. That's all on you to figure that out. Me, personally, I don't care at all. As long as you are loved by who you love, that's all that matters. As long as that person treats you right, that's all that matters. Yes, you're going to go through the ups and downs in a relationship. You're going to say terrible things towards one another when you guys get tired of each other. But that's to be expected. But for somebody to say, oh my God, I can't believe you're dating a black person. Or, oh my God, I can't believe you're dating an Asian person. Or, oh my God, I can't believe you're dating a white person. Or a Mexican person. Or whatever the case may be. That is, we're done with that, bro. That has been done for years. It's over. That time is done with. That should be done with now. I believe that there's so many shows on television that show interracial marriages or people of the same sex or all these things that we should already be acclimated to it by now to say, hey, okay, we see people in interracial couples. All right, we accept it now. Apparently not. And to be honest with you, I didn't think that it would be that much in the Asian community, to be honest with you. I think the Asian community would have just looked at us like, oh, okay, you're dating a black dude. I wouldn't have thought, me, again, I'm a man that doesn't know much. I just know about here and here, there and there. I told you, I'm a jack of all trades. I didn't think that the Asian community would look down upon somebody dating a black person. But again, as I say, Black people, we are always being looked down upon. I want people to look and change that. I want people to change that ideology. Be happy that your person is dating a black person. Be happy that they're dating a Hispanic person. Be happy that they're dating whoever they are dating. The only thing that matters at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, is are they treating your child right? Are they treating your sibling right? Are they treating your uncle, aunt, whoever that is related to you? Are they treating that person right? Are they not being a dickhead, a prick, a scumbag? Are they not being a dog and sleeping around with other people and saying that they love your person? As long as they're not doing any of that, as long as they're not putting their hands on them, you should be supporting that relationship until it's time for it to kick the bucket. That's all it is. This, this woman, this woman should not be getting any type of hate for that. I wish her the best. I wish Sun Lee the best in her relationship. I wish that people would just get over it. That's all I basically got to say for that. Because again, love who you love. Don't be a prick. And as long as you don't see them do dickheadish things to that person, you should have no problem with them dating whoever they decide to date. On to the next topic, and it's still going on with the uh, Chinese community, but this time it's somebody being a dickhead towards them. And it was basically a woman in Montreal, in Canada, um, having a racist tirade against um, two Chinese people because she blames them, and Chinese people in particular, for the spread of COVID-19, and this is coming from Next Shark, as it reads, Ken Mock and his girlfriend were waiting at checkout at IGA's on Nuns Island when the unidentified woman allegedly approached them and asked if he was Chinese, reported CBC News. 
Ken, who moved to Canada 20 years ago, said he replied yes, which then prompted the woman to start asking about the coronavirus. Before I could respond, she would cut me off and start her monologue about how Chinese people are to blame for the whole coronavirus, Ken told CBC News. A store employee soon intervened and Ken pulled out his phone to film the scene. All of these 21 months of BS and all these effing epidemic that became a pandemic is because of you Chinese people, the woman yells. The irate customer who went on to claim that her family has the best lawyer in Montreal. The video ends with the woman being escorted out of the store after Montreal police reportedly arrived to help remove her from the premises. In a statement, IJ said they are incredibly disheartened and upset over the woman's disrespectful behavior. In such circumstance, we asked the customer to leave our store, as our team did in this instance. Locals authority were contacted to assist in this matter, the company said, according to CTV News. At IJ, we denounce all forms of hate. This is never acceptable. Ken, who posted the footage to Facebook, used the hashtag StopAsianHate and urged others not to blame innocent people for the pandemic. He said the video shall not be swept under the rug. Ken then wrote this on Facebook. This pandemic has caused chaos in all of our lives, and it is not acceptable to assault a specific minority for it. We all have been through the lockdowns, the curfews, and the hardships in Quebec together, just like everyone else. All crisis ends, but until then, we need to support each other, not blaming the innocent people. Again, I don't understand where all the hate is coming from. I understand people are upset at COVID. People aren't liking COVID. People have been dealing with COVID. I get it completely. Understand it? But here's the deal. You can't blame Chinese people. You can't blame Japanese people for COVID happening. Yes, it came out of that area. It came out of the uh Asian market area, not saying Asian market, but like the Asian, like Chinese, like China and all that type of stuff over there. Cool, fine, whatever. But I'm not blaming them for this thing to happen. I'm not blaming them at all. I'm just blaming science for trying to constantly mess with things whenever things are already good. I need scientists to find the cure for AIDS and cure for cancer and cure for all these type of things. That's what I need you to find out. I don't need y'all to start trying to figure out other different things, but I'm not blaming Chinese people. I'm not blaming Asian people. I'm not blaming Japanese people for the cause of COVID. I'm not doing that at all. I'm never going to do that. That is completely ignorant, if anything. When a virus happens, dog, it happens. It's going to spread, and we're still dealing with this. We've been dealing with this for now. It's coming to two years when it start hitting the American side over here. China probably been dealing with this for mad longer than that, but over here in America, it's almost coming on two years now for us to be dealing with wearing the mask and all these other things. Listen here, deal with it, suck it up, do what you do, get the shot, don't get the shot, do what you want to do. It's your body, you do what you want. But don't blame other individuals, innocent individuals that weren't in the lab. You can't be blaming people for that weren't in the lab for things of this magnitude. You can't be doing that. That's one thing I will never ever accept. That's one thing I will never ever agree with. I'm not blaming Asian people. I'm not blaming uh, Chinese people. I'm not blaming people that weren't in that lab. If you were in the lab, then mean you got some talking to do. But if you weren't in that lab, dog, and you just start just berating Chinese, Asian, Japanese individuals for blaming them and their whole race for the whole COVID situation, you can't be doing that. Don't do that. Don't be that much of a dickhead. I understand everybody got a little bit of dickhead in them, but don't decide to show your dickheadedness in that much 
not even that much, but in that way. Because that whole tirade wasn't right. Nobody should have to be dealing with that type of harassment. Trust me, I have seen people harassing Asian community for the past year now. I still don't understand that. When I think of Asian people, I don't think it's them being people to be harassed. I don't. I see them at the bottom of the totem pole list of people being harassed. But now, it's really been ramping up since the whole COVID-19 situation. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. If we can, please all stop blaming Asian people. That would be great for this whole COVID-19 stuff happening. We all just need to suck it up and deal with it. It's here now. There's nothing that we can do about it. Just please stop blaming Asian people. And I want to talk about two more things before I get you guys out of here. The first topic is coming from NBC News, and its subject title is Dad Killed As He Carries Daughter's Birthday Cake to Texas Chuck E. Cheese. A doting father of two was fatally shot Friday in a Texas parking lot last Friday in a confrontation holding a birthday cake meant to celebrate his six-year-old daughter who was waiting for him at a nearby Chuck E. Cheese heartbroken relative says. Collegero Duanes was fatally wounded following a verbal exchange caught on surveillance video with a driver who fled, authority says. Duanes, who was 24, then stumbled into a restaurant in Humboldt, Texas, where he, where he collapsed his sister-in-law, Rosemary, said Wednesday. I feel so sorry for my nieces. Rosemary, who was 18, said they have to grow up without a father now. He was good. He was a good father. He did everything for them. Rosemary was unable to attend what was supposed to be a family party Friday night, she said. Amber Dwayne's wife and mother of his kids told NBC affiliate KPRC in Houston that she can't fathom what would cause someone to react with senseless gun violence when Dwayne's was practically defenseless. It's a tragedy. I really can't wrap my head around it like I'm hurt. I can't understand how many how someone can do that to someone that's holding a cake. My husband passed away without me, without anybody to hold his hands, to comfort him. I want justice. I want justice for my children. She told the station, the 25-year-old widow declined to comment Wednesday, saying she was making funeral arrangements while other rel- with other relatives. Humble police did not immediately respond to the request for comment Wednesday afternoon. Police say the suspected shooter fled before they could arrive. He was reportedly driving a Burgundy Ford, KPRC reported. See, again, here's my thing with this now. This goes back to the Young Dolph situation when I talked about how Young Dolph was leaving a cookie store and he was getting his mother some cookies and he ends up getting shot and killed there. How on God's green are we okay with this? How are we okay with shooting somebody that's holding something, whether it be a cake, baked goods, and all these type of things? Yo, dog, we need to quit this. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what ethnicity you are. I don't care if you're a man or woman. I don't care. Put the guns down and shoot the fade. If you got a problem with somebody, shoot the fade. Shoot the fair ones with them. Get back into the times where people used to actually put everything down and start boxing with them, punch them in the face, get into a brawl with somebody. Don't start picking up a gun and start trying to shoot off on somebody. That's not that's not the way. Guns are a cheap, crap way to do this, and you're ending somebody's life where basically a verbal confrontation, a verbal thing, can turn to somebody getting shot in the face, shot in the back, just getting shot and killed over something somebody said verbally. I miss the days where people could usually just fight somebody, literally, for saying something reckless out their mouth. 
now people are really so paper thin with their emotion that they just say, screw the, screw the hands, I'm going to start shooting off on somebody. No, that wasn't needed. This man could have easily gave somebody the fair one, the fair fade, and just fought somebody right then and there, and then he still could have made it to his daughter's birthdays. Imagine this right now. There are a lot of men in jail right now that have shot the face with people, literally box with people in jail right now, and they're living to tell the tell. Instead of killing somebody, yes, you got killers in there, let's not get it twisted, but a lot of those men are in there right now in jail, they're willing to shoot the fade before they pick up a gun to shoot somebody because they realize how senseless and dumb it is to shoot somebody over what somebody said. It makes no bit of sense at all. This man now leaves two daughters alone without him for what? Over what somebody said. Put the guns down. Quit it. Quit it now. Shoot the fair one. Get into fights. Get into regular brawls with people. The old school brawls where people used to use their hands and feet to box or stomp somebody up. I would rather have that and let that person live another day. Yeah, sure. A tooth is missing. Yeah, sure. A tooth gets chipped. Yeah, sure. An arm gets broken. I would rather that in trade it off with somebody than being somebody like dead. It doesn't make, it doesn't compute to me right now. As I was saying that sentence and you heard me stumble so much, it just didn't compute with me how we have gotten so normal to say, you know what? I'm going to shoot somebody. I'm going to shoot them for what they said about me. Somebody said my shoes look, my shoes look a certain type of way. I'm going to shoot them. Somebody said my hair looks messed up. I'm going to shoot them. Somebody owes me money. Instead of just going up to them old school style like gangsters used to do, go up to them and start beating them down until they get their money and probably even take a finger or two, which I'm not condoning. I'm just saying how we are, how it's portrayed in movies and how even some mafia uh, gangsters have even come out to say, hey, yo, this is what they used to do. How have we gotten past that part to now say, you know what? Somebody sees something filed to me, I'm going to shoot them. Somebody looks at me the wrong way. I'm going to shoot him. There's no longer the opportunity to even punch or even fight with them anymore. There is no chance for that anymore. We don't get that no more. So we're now left with people dying on the streets every single day, leaving people without mothers or fathers or uncles and uncle, uncles and aunts. It doesn't compute to me. It never will compute to me. If you happen to hear this and you are trying to trying to put guns away, if you will, if you're trying to stop the violence, well, of gun violence, if you will, because I'm not going to ever say stop like punching people and fighting people. I'm never going to do that because we're all humans. We all need to get our aggressions out here and there, but we can do it with fighting somebody like with combat. We can do that period, with hands, but please put the guns down, please, make some type of truce before you guys even get to that point, yo, we're gonna put the gun down, and we're gonna fight it up, like, one-to-one, whoever wins, that's it, and after that, call it a day, like, old-school way, I would rather have that than people dying on the streets, I don't like hearing people dying on the streets, I don't like seeing it on the news, I don't like reading articles like this and having to report it on here, and just get you guys, uh, aware of what's going on out here, I don't like it, it doesn't sit right with me or my soul, so please, Lord, for love of God, if you happen to hear me, 
please put the guns away. If you have a problem with somebody, just fight it up, but tell them point blank before you do, hey, we're going to fight, and after this fight is done with, this is this is it. We're not going to have no beef no more, no none of that. If they don't want to fight you, hey, just walk away from it, say, hey, then guess what? It's done then. Then there's no need for us to talk about it anymore. We're done here. I'm not going to shoot you. I'm not going to go after you. Hey, we're good. Something needs to be done because this didn't need to happen. This man didn't need to die. He didn't need to leave two children out here without him now. He was 24 years old. That is still too young to be going out on this lifetime, ladies and gentlemen. It's still too young. It doesn't make any sense to me. It never will. And to the next topic, I just want to give you guys the updates on the Ahmaud Arbery uh, murderers. They were sentenced this Friday, and I'm about to give you guys their sentencing right now. Travis McMichael, the one actually pulled the gun and shot Mr. Arbery, he was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole plus 20 years. His father, George McMichael, he was sentenced with the life uh, without the possibility of parole plus 20 years. The neighbor who recorded the action, who recorded the murder, William Bryan, will serve life with the possibility of paroles, but he will only be able to get par uh, parole after serving uh, 30 years. So, again, this is the price you guys pay for shooting somebody that were minding their own business. Again, if you guys were to leave somebody alone, you'll be all right. And it basically goes back to my last thing I just talked about. Even if you were to shoot the fair one with him, just fight him. He still would have had him, what, broken bones here and there. He probably would have beat you guys up, taking you guys down a little bit. But no, we go back to the guns. We shooting people off and we're killing people that, have, that you have no business doing on this planet. You have no business shooting somebody. For what? Because he was jogging around. For what? Because he said some horrible things to you. Again, none of these things equivalent to them getting killed for you to pull a gun out and start blasting on somebody. The only time I ever condone shooting somebody, and I mean this wholeheartedly, is if they did something horrible to your family, as in rape, killed your family, those type of situations. Those are the only time I, G2, condone somebody pulling the gun out and having to do something about it because that is all within human nature. But if somebody happens to say something to you horrible, like, I hate you, I hate your shoes, I hate your family, your uh, father is gay or something like that, yo, you can fight somebody off that. You can fight somebody off that. It doesn't mean that you got to straight up start getting a gun out or even getting some type of things like to stab somebody to death. It ain't worth all that. You don't need that on your conscience and you don't need to kill somebody off that. You can just easily break your face and call it a day. I'm just going to be blunt with you. And if somebody is running around town, or in this case, a Martin Arbery situation, running into an abandoned home and he's minding his own business, it's not up to you to run over there and trying to get at him and just shoot at him for nothing because he was minding his own business. Again, this is the price that you have to pay. And once that guy also gets caught, he's going to have to pay the price for shooting a guy holding up a cake going to his daughter's uh, birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Now, with all that being said, let me give you guys my social media uh, links so I can get you guys out of here. Twitter, you can follow me at um, at my two podcasts. Instagram, my two cents podcast G2. For my email, Yahoo. Again, this is also for anybody that wants to just email me, contact me about anything, whether you're sad, depressed, uh, excited about anything. Also, if you wanted to tell me about how I could improve on something or about a topic that I did miss this week, my email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com. M Y two C N T S P O D at yahoo.com. Um, I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. 
Podbean, Amazon Music, Audible. I want to thank these people for giving me the opportunity to still allow me to do what I want to do and allow me to just basically say what I want to say without cutting me off. It's great to have that type of situation because, again, people could look at my podcast and say, Ayo, he's speaking, he's teaching nothing but rhetoric. He's being um, racist towards a simple, towards a community. I'm not being racist. I never will be in my entire situation. I'm just telling to tell you guys the truth about what I see. And I want to thank these uh, streaming services for still allowing me to be able to do what I want to do. Everybody, for the new year, if you can, can you please, and I mean please, start to look out for your fellow man and woman and child and anybody else that lives next to you or that you know. Please just give them a text every day or every now and then just to check up on them to see how they're doing. There's people out here that are dealing with real life situations that you don't know, and they just probably need you to just check in on them. Just give them a simple text to say, hey, how are you doing? Or, hey, I'm just here to check in on you. Um, I recently found out that somebody that I know lost their home in a weather accident this, well, technically last week. And it's disheartening, but they're finding a place right now. I would suggest you to just to check in on your people to make sure they're okay just to see how they're doing. And if you could help them anyway, please help them in any way that you can. This is going back to checking in on everybody, just making sure they're good. We're in the new year. Um, People are still dealing with some blues. Certain people lost loved ones. People are dealing with that. It's almost the anniversary of certain people losing their loved ones. Again, checking on them, make sure they're okay so that they will be able to say that, hey, you checked in on them and they'll always remember that. So whenever you're in your time of need, they'll check in on you and you guys will still have that continued uh, friendship or continue that um, whatever you guys have with each other. But with that, always remember, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you all. I want to thank you all for listening in. If you haven't checked out my Saturday's episode, do that. It's about wrestling. Always, every Saturday is always wrestling. Every Sunday is always stuff in the news or stuff I want to talk about. But again, I love you all. I thank you all. This has been my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from this sweet, lovely voice again. And for all my college uh, students, well, college uh, classmates and college students, yeah. Uh, please be sure to wear your mask when you guys go back to school tomorrow because, again, people are out here. Corona's still out here. Please wear your mask. Don't be a delinquent. Don't be a crap stirrer. Just wear your mask. Do what the professor asks you to do. Get your assignments done. It's going to be easy. I know it's going to be a challenge for some of you, but trust me, just push through and everything will get uh, done. And trust me, just talk to your professors as well. They'll try to make everything easy for you as well because they're going through a transition as well. Uh, with that, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired, you tired, uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.